Welcome to My Way, a podcast that shares the stories of people who are doing life their way. Listen along as we explore what works, what doesn't, and the experience that happens no matter which path we choose. I'm your host, Sunny Collins. Thanks for listening. Hi, Sunny here. Just a couple of disclaimers before we get into part two of the Mankini episode. Some of the content in this episode may not be suitable for younger ears, so just be warned. And if you haven't listened to Mankini part one, I highly recommend you do so. Please go to at podcast cowgirl on Facebook or look for the My Way podcast on Podbean. Enjoy the show. So all of these different things you've talked about, and it's not even everything that you've done in your life, how did you then get into porn? I had a very good friend who is now in the security business. And in those days, he'd just come down from Rhodesia, as it was then, um, and, and, you know, after the Mugabe takeover, because, uh, you know, being a white male high up in the defense force, uh, he wasn't very much sought after. So he moved his family down here, and he it was, of course, all the nationalist government here. And he got a very, very good job in the police force. And he also owned a string of brothels <laughs> in Milnerton. Uh, sort of like massage parlors, escort agencies. They, they didn't call them brothels. And and one day he says, John, you know, he says, look, you do all these pictures and videos and things. He says he's got all this stuff and, and they drift in mid-morning and, and they've got nothing to do uh, until there's a little bit of work around midday, and he says, and they just sit around until evening. Yeah, you know, that's that's when all the action is. He says, let let's make a movie <laughs> using these people. You know, and and that's how it actually happened. And and we, the first movie we made was called Coming to Cape Town. And oh shit, we spelled coming wrong. But uh, <laughs> but but I. Did everything. I even played the. I played the background music. I filmed all the scenes. I did the titles. I did the editing, and I even appeared in a couple of the shots. But not, not as a porn star, unfortunately. But uh, obviously, we had a second camera, and and every now and again, when I was sitting there telling them what I wanted and how they must do it, this guy carried on filming, and I, I sort of. Right at the end of, uh, I made quite a few movies eventually, and I'd I'd, I'd add these in as outtakes at at the end, just because okay. it uh, it amused me, you see. <laughs> and uh, yeah, after that we did a whole series called Cape Town Anonymous Amateurs, where people that wanted uh, got the idea that they'd like to show off a bit or whatever. I think it was the money more than anything else. Um. And they were allowed to wear sunglasses and caps and whatever. 
Yes. You know. Okay. And and uh, it's amazing how that took off because eventually we did about three of them, and each one had couples or sometimes singles even. You know, like ladies like say, oh, I want to. You know, and and we made a few of those as well. So. Yeah, it was it was fun, and and that first movie went uh, went over to Cannes, the Adult Film Festival, and it did hugely well over there. So much so that they actually sent a team out for for a, a French magazine called Hot Video. <laughs> the French the French aunts aunt subtle I can promise right, right. Hot Video, yeah. And they they sent uh, they sent a team out, and we we had to recreate how we did the shoot on the beach and 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, it was good fun. It was really good fun. You know. So this was in the late uh, mid late nineties. Yeah, late nineties. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know it was. I was in in the one picture I've got somewhere. I've, I was actually wearing the new South African flag proudly, of course. When you were doing this, did you ever have any moments where you said... Where I shat myself, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, after the first movie, um, I got a phone call because I had contacts. Uh, I got a phone call from a friend that worked at Caledon Square, which is the police headquarters in Cape Town. And he says, John, they're coming to arrest you. <laughs> I got a you know, phone call. But in those days, there was no cell phones or anything. It was just landline. You know, hey, John, they're coming to arrest you. I said, oh, shit, okay. So I phoned my friend uh, who was in there, the, the one I made the movies for. I said, hey, Billy, you know, I've just heard that the guys, he says, I'll phone you back in five minutes. And five minutes later on the dot, the phone rang. He says, relax. <laughs> the, the heat is off. Was it illegal? And he just he just pulled strings and he says, "Forget it." You know, it was a grey area. Okay. The movie that I made was the very very first one to appear with proper covers, and as opposed to just a hey, you know, here's a VHS I took of my wife, or you know that sort of thing. This this was the first official. It was in the adult shops, uh, people like oh, even, Adult World were just starting to uh, to become known. And uh, look, they were selling the stuff f- imported from overseas. But my movie was the first one actually made with Table Mountain in the background. And <laughs> so it was a bit of a gray area. Right. The p- pioneer of porno uh sort of you could from, say that from yes. south africa yes, Lo- local, local is lecker local is was <laughs> lovely <laughs> oh boy no it, it look it, it was an amusing way of making a living if yeah. you know what i mean i didn't make a huge fortune out of it they did everybody else did do you still have the video do you have the music yeah, I've got look um, pictures. I've, I've yeah, I've got a I've got that overseas magazine, like I said. Oh uh, yeah. And it, I I didn't know where it was going to be or whatever, but a friend of mine came back from Europe, one of the uh, the biking guys, and he said, oh, he was looking something in the duty free shop, and he was going to leave, you know, because porn uh, was a bit dubious still about importing it into the country. And he just was uh, looking at this uh, on the plane coming back from, from Europe. And he, he came across my article. 
and say he had to sneak it into the country because he wanted to give it to me, you see. Oh. He was going to just leave it in the seat of the aeroplane, okay. you know, and, yeah, yeah. and just leave it there. But when he saw my picture, because I knew that the interview had been done, of course, but I didn't know, you know. So then is that the original, is that the copy that he gave you? You still have the yes, copy? Yes, yeah, I've, I've got it. But, oh, okay. you know, I actually can't find it. I've got a, I've got a picture here of, that we used for promotion. Ah. I don't know if you can read French. No way. No. See. That is great. Rated Essays Best Buy. Hot video. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, coming to Cape Town. There it is. Volume one. <laughs> was there a volume? No, there, no there, wasn't, there wasn't ever a volume two. Because, <laughs> but you can see it was done on VHS. Yeah. And, there, and, and yeah. I've still got the original tapes. And you're wearing, you're wearing puka shells? Oh, yes. Yeah. No, a, no, they, well, uh, excerpt, a, a, denim, you know. a denim vest, oh, blue yes. jeans. Oh, yes. No, it was a proper photographic jacket with the pockets. And, and you've got the professional porn stash. <laughs> you got to it. Yeah, yeah. This episode of My Way has been brought to you by Gravity. Whenever life is weighing you down, think of Gravity. Since the beginning of time, Gravity has been a major player in the formation of stars, galaxies, and orbits. From the time when Galileo dropped balls from the Tower of Pisa, Gravity has confounded the human brain for centuries. Described as a force of nature by Newton and later by Einstein as a result of what happens when you curve space-time. Aside from holding life as we know it in place, gravity makes it easier for you to find your keys. With too much gravity, you and your keys would likely be buried under the rubble of your extremely heavy collapsed house. Without gravity, your keys along with the Earth's atmosphere would drift off into space. Gravity. Hit me, baby, one more space time. In terms of, of life lessons, I mean, clearly you were drawn away from traditional school and you were drawn to surfing. So what did you feel like surfing had to teach you? Surfing changed. And in my day, it was all about style and grace and blending with, with the wave and then as shortboards started coming in and that it became destroy the waves and I didn't like that I really didn't like that although I actually designed one of the most popular shortboards ever uh, I called it the pocket rocket uh, and when when I told the guy who was going to shape the board what I wanted. He says, you're nuts. It's not going to work. I said, it is going to work. And uh, he shaped it exactly to my specifications. And to this day, that, that board is being copied. You're kidding. I'm To this day, you, you mentioned to any surfer, you've heard about the pocket rocket. And they say, yeah. And you can say, hey, I know the guy that designed that board. It had radical rail shapes and that sort of thing. And the name actually, <laughs> actually came from the surf shop where, where the, or the surfboard factory where, was where the Perseverance pub is now. It was right next door. And there was one piece of graffiti written on the wall. He says, if you are dreaming on a star, here's something you'll need. 
the pocket rocket. <laughs> I said, that is a great name. But after the pocket rocket era, I went back to longboards again when it was very, very uncool to ride longboards. And I just consider, uh, continued riding longboards. So what scares you? Hmm. No, I didn't enjoy being unwell a year ago, just over a year ago. Right. But you seem uh, that, to keep that, everything in good humor with your Facebook posts. Well, you've got posts. to. You've yeah. got to. I mean, you know, I, I laugh at everything. Yeah. Um, but quite honestly, I was scared for a long time. I was okay. really, I thought, okay, this is it. Was it prostate I, cancer? Prostate cancer, yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. And uh, anyway, look, the prognosis has been much better than expected since the operation. Um, the guy, the urologist, is hugely happy with the last blood test and this and that. And even though the operation was a bit of a shambles, uh, I survived, you know. Well, the one thing I remember you posting is uh, that you were missing your navel. I don't have one anymore. You don't have one anymore? No. <gasps> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, that's almost like not having a nose. Naval salute, no more. <laughs> it's gone. They took it away. No, what, what, what happened? I, I Did had you talk the expensive operation it? with the machine. Yes. Da Vinci. Okay. Uh, that does the operation with a couple of minor insertions okay so it's less traumatic yes. and, and when i wouldn't stop bleeding after the operation i had to go in and for them to see where the blood was coming from i had to have the big operation anyway so so i have got all the i've got two scars for the price of one or two sets of scars for the price of one operation which is pretty good it's a bargain but i mean you should have gotten a discount because they took away have. your yeah. I, mean, I was quite fond of my navel. I could sit there for hours. Did you have a conversation with the doctor and say, did you... <laughs> no, I just left it. I'd... You should get a tattoo. Uh, I should. Of a yeah. navel. With, a, with, a, with an arrow with the word navel. <laughs> or rest in peace, navel. Like a tombstone. X. <laughs> Where do you feel like you got sort of a chunk of your personality or sort of way of operating in this world do you feel like it was more your mom or your dad a combination yeah no I think uh, my mom was a major influence uh, to all you know I've got three sisters to all our kids mm. the dad was uh, very remote okay. he was not a family man uh, he just wanted to play tennis and be with these tennis buddies and I think we saw him Christmas maybe with a bit of luck mm. uh, otherwise he was he were he wasn't a family man yeah uh, but uh, my mom was you know was the uh, I say the the gel that uh, the glue that held the family together mm. and uh, yeah but she died very young so uh, anyway that's the way it goes and I, how I remember seeing the picture of you with her yeah and uh how old was she when she died she was i think 19 or 18 when she had me 
Were you the first? I was the first, and I was born in 1950, and she died in 86. Yeah, she must have been very early 60s or so. Something, I don't, I'm not very good with numbers in my head. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that was the end of the glue that held the family together. Talk about a turning point in your life. Well, look, the big, big, big change in my life was, was inheriting Graydon um, because I was working hard for a living uh, as a photographer. Yeah, I was doing all right, but some months were pretty lean and some months were pretty plenty. Yeah, but as I say, it, it was a schlep. You know, you work, when you work for yourself, the whole world is your boss. You're not working for one company and you'd go there at nine o'clock and you're out by half past four. Yeah. You're my whole philosophy now, and look, originally it was a case of living my life to concentrate on all the things I enjoy, which is the competitive stuff, you know, surfing and, and running and racing motorbikes. And being uh, living a life where you could uh, literally pack your bike and go do an upcountry race on uh, you know uh, on your motorbike or whatever having having that but I think nowadays uh, you know getting a bit more reflective on stuff I think that if you're the the whole thing about feeling good about yourself and, and whatever and feeling good about people and making people feel good about you is is just being nice to everybody as much as you can. I mean, there are a couple of assholes out there that, <laughs> but you just ignore them and just, just carry on. Yeah. And I like to do things now for, I mean, I've done a few weddings in the village, uh, Look, I mean, I did for free because the people wouldn't have been able to afford them. And <laughs> I did a job last Sunday at Pete's Bar, <laughs> Pete's <Really>? Pub. <laughs> and it was, it it was a beauty competition, okay. and I can promise, I can promise you, about a third of the competitors weren't even female. <laughs> But I think it I think it's hilarious. And I love doing stuff like this because they're, they're getting decent photographs. It's not costing them anything. Yeah. And it, it, it uh, gives me an amusing day or an afternoon or, or whatever. And, and you're, you're sort of supporting the community, you know. That's it for Mankini Part 2 and the second episode of My Way. Thanks for listening. So, what are the takeaways? I think getting to know your neighbors, because there are stories around every corner. And when we listen to life stories, we might just have a better understanding of where people are coming from. And when we have that, it makes room for compassion and appreciation for the journey that all of us are on. My favorite bit was when he said, when you work for yourself, the whole world is your boss. Isn't that the truth? There was so much more I wanted to share, but I'm flexing my burgeoning editing chops. However, 
There were some bits or tapas of our conversation, if you will, that I couldn't resist sharing. So here they are, and see you next time. Is it according to like the、mm-hmm. life? The life of flies. Those are like geologically very old fly guts. 1972. Yeah, 1972. Geologically, it's very old.、And、that was my second ever racing bike. That's the one you saw the naked picture of me on.、Uh, have you ever been married? And I never、no, asked、I've, you that. No, I've come close once or twice. Yeah. But managed to escape. <laughs> She used to molest me when I was young. It was quite delightful. <laughs> I got I got seduced at the age of thirteen by my mother's hairdresser, who was a big Rhodesian lady. So you have a daughter my age. Possibly. John, I'm your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Just、oh. kidding. Everything, everything I've ever done in my life has been bad for my ears. I mean, sex makes you deaf. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding with that one. <laughs>